Hi everyone, I hope you're all well and thank you so much for joining us today on the Inclusive Viewpoint. Our viewpoint today is with the absolute force that is Jacqueline DeRocca's CBE. We've known Jacqueline for a few years now and she's a true champion and inclusive leader. When we founded the Inclusive Viewpoint, we made a commitment to make sure we share viewpoints and perspective from outside the fashion industry, as we think in those moments are where you can learn the most. So who better to ask than Jacqueline? She's going to introduce herself very soon, but for us she's a true embodiment of what a kind leader is, and making sure that every room and every industry that she walks into, she's opening the doors for others and has inclusivity at the heart. Therefore, we're so excited to speak with her. Hi Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you. And it is a joy to be with you both today. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Made our day with that. Yeah. That's, good. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> it's always so wonderful to speak with you and we're absolutely honoured that you've joined us today. So before we get started, it would be really good to hear more about you as an introduction. So my name's Jacqueline DeRocas. I am the president of Tech UK. I chair, co-chair the Institute of Coding and I sit on a number of PLC boards being um, FDM PLC, Costain PLC and Rightmove, which I'm sure everyone will know. And uh, I also um, am an ambassador for a tech ambassador for the Girl Guiding Association where we are in completely committed to inspiring 500,000 girl guides and brownies into tech and STEM subjects, science, technology, engineering, maths. And we do that through creating badges where they can earn, for example, how to stay safe online badge or how to uh, learn robotics through a girl guiding badge, that kind of thing. So the girl guiding is very uh, exciting for me. And also I'm on the advisory board for the youth project and for the uh, Accelerate Her group, which is focused on more female founders in technology. So very exciting, very life. I'm more of a tapas girl than a full English, I think. <laughs> that, that's definitely a quote, isn't it? I definitely agree. <laughs> See why we asked you now, Jacqueline. Definitely, you've got so much expertise. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask, so on the inclusive viewpoint, we really wanted to share examples that we can all learn from. So we wanted to ask if you had, you know, any examples you could share. It could be brands, you know, the organisations that you sit on, leaders, you know, anyone or anything um, who are really putting inclusivity at the heart. And I know it could be in the fashion industry or any other industry that you work in. So in technology, we are specifically very interested in diversity and inclusion and of course because it is a noble cause who doesn't want gender parity or parity for all minority groups but it's not just because it's a noble cause it's also because technology is something that we all depend on a lot more especially since COVID-19 we are you know our adoption of technology has gone through the roof overnight we're all zooming or teaming or or something else and so it's really important that whoever designs tests and implements technology is also diverse so that we create a world that works for everyone and let me give you a quick example of that if for example um, 
I'm going to the gym. And, and actually I went to the gym a month ago and there was a doctor who couldn't access the locker room. And the techies were brought in, the swipe card was changed a number of times and, and the techies were asked. And it turns out that the job title doctor was programmed as a male job title, not a female job title. And that's why she couldn't get into our locker room. Oh and so it's a small example of why tech matters and why diversity matters in tech. Imagine if you, let's extrapolate that to an example of a pilot and let's say pilot had been hard coded as a male job title. And in an emergency, the female pilot couldn't override autopilot. It would be, it would be a complete disaster. So we have to be really mindful of who is designing the technology so that we do create this world that works for all of us. And I'm, I know I use very small examples about, you know, for example, that one about the gym locker, but actually that's where it starts. And we have to be really careful that we are inclusive so that we get it right for us all. Yeah, exactly. I think just that example as well, like you said, it's lives are at stake. So it's that classic example, isn't it, with the seatbelt and the, um, what's it called, the airbag, you know, in the car, like that's been yeah. by men and women have lost their lives as a result of it. So I think that's so important. Um, well, and also also police stab vests are not built for for police police women who have breasts. They're all still manufactured for men and so we have all these examples around us everywhere it's not just in tech where we are operating in a world that is not built for everybody yeah no definitely so important to kind of like highlight that so thank you Jacqueline um, so the next question is a bit more about you. So we wanted you to share, you know, some of the phenomenal work that you might have done previously, you're obviously doing at the moment, or anything you have lined up to really drive forward an inclusive work, world. I know you're touching it with Girl Guiding, but if you had any other examples that you could share, that would be amazing. We do a lot of work at Tech UK um, <laughs> on our, <laughs> and because we are absolutely driven to make sure that we have equality. And, and of course, with Black Lives Matter, we are actively making sure that we increase our representation of black people in technology, which is incredibly low of all the ethnic, uh, eth ethnicity across technology as a, as a whole, we only have 15%. Um, and that's really low, only 17% of women actually still. So it, it is really low. We've got a lot of work to do, but we have a returners program for women. We have uh, every single one of our thousand member companies are encouraged to have a diversity champion, someone who wakes up in the morning and worries about diversity and inclusion in all its forms. I'm not just talking about gender. I'm not just talking about race. I'm also talking about introverts um, versus just extroverts. I'm talking about people on the neurodiversity uh, spectrum as well. And, you know, people who are, who have, I like to think of people who have special superpowers. Um, you know, autism is in tech, especially in cyber. Can people with autism and Asperger's can see patterns, fraud patterns, for example, um, that are incredibly helpful and, and can see those patterns that us lesser mortals can't can't see so i'm excited about people with superpowers like that and we do we have i'm going to say something like a hundred different initiatives um, ongoing in parallel most of the time across our industry in terms of encouraging inclusion and diversity into the industry 
And actually, let's face it, you know, technology is not just a tech thing anymore. Technology is in every business, even in, in fashion. So we're going to have to make sure that the people who are building tech in the fashion industry are also um, devoid of bias and, and making sure that everything is aimed at a, a parity and a world that's equal. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll make sure to share all those, you know, examples you mentioned as well, because I think there's so much we can learn from. I love the idea how you said you mentioned in like the kind of ones we don't think about like straight away, you know, those like um, those different qualities, like you said, autism, you know, disability, like they all have to be considered. So I think that's really good to highlight. Um, so the next question, it's quite a big question, but it's what we're all working towards. But we wanted to ask, you know, what does inclusivity mean to you personally? And what does an inclusive world look like to you? That is a big question. <laughs> and it is, it is, it's quite personal, isn't it? So I come from a position which says that I don't believe that a big central power like government or companies are going to solve the inclusion or diversity issue. I believe that the biggest threat to diversity is the belief that somebody else will fix it. Yeah. And so therefore inclusivity for me is everything that we personally do to make a change and a shift. And that can be as small as being more tolerant with people who are different than us. They might eat differently, behave differently, work differently, dress differently, any one of those things. And, and we have to check our own tolerance around that. Yeah. It's around who are we hiring? Who are we choosing to partner with? Who, who when, when we're in a room making decisions, are we challenging with the question, where are the others? if we all look or think the same. And that's really important. So I think it's lots of different micro actions versus great big initiatives. It's how we as humans behave to each other that is going to create a culture of inclusion. And inclusivity is a behavior. It's, and it's something that we can all play our part with. So I'd say hashtag bystander or participant on this one. Yeah. Um, we all have to we all have to play our part yeah we'll get that trending exactly <laughs> um, so yeah I think that's such good points I think what I've learned from 2020 is you know like previously people would say you know I don't see gender I don't see race but I think like you said it's about being active and saying no I do see gender I do see race and what am I going to do to make it you know an equitable society so I think yeah, yeah. that's absolutely true um, so the next, following on from that, the next questions are really focused on what you said, actions with impacts, which I know that you know an awful lot about. So we wanted to ask you, as somebody who doesn't, I know you're a massive fashionista, <laughs> you, you know, like you don't work in fashion day to day. So I guess from an outside perspective, is there any actions that you think the fashion industry could take on an in industry level to really drive forward that inclusive industry? It's a really interesting one, isn't it? Well, I mean, I believe that, you know, we dress the world, we don't dress for a niche um, person uh, or persona. So I, I like what I'm seeing in terms of curvy's okay. Uh, and, and, you know, we embrace um, women and men of all different shapes and sizes. That to me is, start it you know so it's really important that we do that because for years and years and years we've had this 
perfect size. I don't know, even know whatever its size is. It seems increasingly smaller to me as I look at in shop windows uh, and online. And I think I think we have to get away from that and and celebrate who we are and the various shapes and sizes that we come in. So certainly, I would be encouraging the fashion industry to be inclusive and targeting everybody. And it's in their business interest to do so, surely, mm-hmm. actually. But also make it something that's comfortable and normal to have a size that looks great in size 20 as it does in size 10. You know, it's just, how do we dress? How do we dress the world is, is a great question. And I think it's something that we have to see more of online versus just see it as the anomaly. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, and like you said, making it the day-to-day practice, it is just the norm. It's not just the one-off, like you said, it's that consistency. I think I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. And also, I think in when I think about the fashion industry, the, the sustainability aspect as well. So, you know, not only have we had COVID, we've had Black Lives Matter, but we have got you know the climate change issue as well and we are the first generation to understand that we can do something about it but also the last generation that can do something to arrest it and i think that's the point around fashion we can we can stop this um cycle of violence around fast fashion and look much more towards sustainable fabrics and sustainable um, recycling inside the industry as well. Yeah, what I kind of like, which we learnt more about, is that sustainability is so linked to, like you said, equality, because like the majority of garment workers, you know, women, and they can be subject to violence, and it's so like hand in hand. Like, if you want sustainability, you need equality. So I think that's such a good point. It needs to all work together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's you're absolutely right. You know, you know, modern slavery is a thing, and we have to be very cognizant of what that means and 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 celebrate it's really interesting that covid-19 has thrown up different different um norms and different things that are important so key workers who are now super important were not so important pre-pandemic and and i you know for example cleaners Mm-hmm. And so they're right at the top of, of, of the risk register on most businesses now because we all have to make sure that we are in a safe, clean space. And I think in fashion, we need to make sure that we've got a supply chain that is also devoid of modern slavery and, and, and honours its key workers. Yeah, and like you said, I think it's making sure that everybody feels valued equally. Like you said, you know, the manufacturers, the pattern cutters, like the packaging, like everything is valued equally. I think that is what inclusivity is at the end of the day, isn't it? So that's really yeah. good. Point. Um, so I think you touched on this earlier, but like I know you believe it and we believe it as well, but we all have the power to like create, you know, the world that we want to see and the fashion industry that we want to see. So is there any kind of ideas or actions that, you know, us as individuals, us as consumers can be doing day to day to kind of drive forward that inclusive industry? I think the first thing we've got to realise is that we're never too small to make a difference. (laughs) And I took that from the Dalai Lama and it's such a wise set of words because every single action that we take buying that unsustainable dress creates a lot more of that um, 
being intolerant with um, a person who's not like us, it has repercussions far larger than we can imagine. So the opposite of that is that, that we challenge us, ourselves and our own bias. There is, you know, check your bias online. You can, you can do that test online and see where your own unconscious bias is. And we all have it. We're, we're programmed as humans to make judgments every single second. So we need to maybe check our own unconscious bias first and start from there, I think, because that's highly practical. And you won't be aware of, of, of what triggers you and your own intolerances until you test it. So I think that's probably a really good place to start. Yeah, that's a perfect action. I think we can share that because I think Harvard has a really good one, doesn't it? So we can share that. I think that's right. Um, for, um, with unconscious bias, what's really interesting is that we all have it. But I think someone said once, you know, it's what we choose to do with it. Do you know what I mean? So it's recognising you have it is the first step. So I think yeah. the test is something we can all do like straight away if we haven't already. So that's brilliant. Yeah. So that was all the questions we had, Jacqueline. So thank you so much. You always leave us so inspired and with a lot of homework to do in a good way. So <laughs> we want to say a massive thank you for being such an inclusive leader. And we hope we can catch up again soon. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay, I'll start recording.